0: Axe and roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Tuesday morning. I'm recording this at uh, 1.35 a.m., and it's a little bit after the Nuggets dropped game one to the Phoenix Suns, final score 122-105. I'm recording this one pretty late. I was on a variety of shows. I was on Sun Solar Panel with Greg Esposito and Dave King, uh, both of which are fantastic people, so make sure to check out their their pod with me. Uh, get some good perspective from the Suns side of things. Uh, yeah, just make sure to check that out. We we had a lot of good conversation there, uh, but I was there. I was also with uh, 104.3 The Fan and, and Sean Drotar. He's also great people. He's very nice and knows exactly what he's talking about with this team, so really enjoyed my conversations with him, so Uh, Check that out if you can, if you're interested. Uh, But for now, let's let's talk about this. I'm going to go relatively short, and I'm going to base this a lot off of the battlegrounds that I talked about in my previous podcast. Because just looking back through my notes, I feel pretty good about what I wrote. I feel pretty good about the battlegrounds that I had, and I think it's going to spawn a pretty good discussion here. Basically what we're going to do, I'm going to talk about what happened when the Nuggets had the ball uh, in this game. And that'll be in the first segment and and what went wrong on the offensive end, what went well on the offensive end. Then on defense, uh, when when the Suns have the ball, I'll talk about what happened there, um, answer some of the questions that I asked during that Battlegrounds pod. And then third segment, we'll do a concern level for the Nuggets after game one. This is the fifth time that they've lost a game one out of seven playoff series in the last three years. Ah, uh, Denver's currently four and two in terms of playoff series wins, so it's understandable. Like they're they're gonna they're doing they're doing pretty well here uh, with regard to those. Actually, hold on, let me do a quick math. So you've got Spurs, Blazers, Jazz, Clippers, Lakers, and Blazers again. So that is six. So they're four and two in series overall. But this was the seventh series that they've played with Nikola Jokic as the best player. And this they're now two and five in games in, in game ones. And that's a disturbing trend. Uh it's not great. And I don't like that we continue to see Denver in these positions where they're always reactionary. Uh, but it makes for good content, it makes for good uh discussion in terms of what they usually do well. So Let's talk about what happened when the Nuggets had the ball tonight. That's what people are going to want to hear about most. And I think we should start. I'm going to go line by line from what I had, and we're going to talk about it. I I mentioned DeAndre Ayton's foul trouble. I think the first thing that stands out when you look at that, DeAndre Ayton had one foul. And I don't think that Nikola Jokic really pressed him in the paint at all. He got away with a couple fouls. I think Ayton did. Got away with a couple extra ones here or there, but... Mostly, I thought he played pretty sound defense. I thought he did a good job of walling off the paint. And I don't think that Nikola Jokic really challenged DeAndre Ayton at the rim in the paint that often. That was kind of my takeaway from this game was that it felt like a lot of Nikola Jokic's of a lot of his shots were unprompted fadeaways, turnarounds, bad shots, stuff that he can make, but he didn't make any of them tonight. And when you don't make any of them. And you take a ton, that's going to hurt. And I thought he got out of rhythm because of it. My next point was his three point shooting frequency. Uh, on tonight, he shot five threes, hit two of them. That's a good number. You want to keep hitting two out of five at least. Uh, he's going to be a 40% guy. He was 43% in the playoffs up until now. So the more often that he can go two out of five, three out of five, three out of six, four out of seven, numbers like that, it'll be helpful for Denver. Uh, I just wasn't expecting him to not go to the free throw line and not really attack the front of the rim that much. And that really stood out, I think in my notes from this game. So it's going to be interesting to see how Denver manages that. I thought Jokic let Aiton off the hook in the first game. He's got to be more mean. There's a lot of respect going back and forth between those two. Uh, Jokic has a healthy amount of respect for his game and i wonder if that like if you wanted to feel it out a little bit more in this first game one before starting to attack on the edges a little bit jokic doesn't ever seem bothered by losing game ones and who could blame him given denver's record like they've actually in all of the series that they've lost game ones they were 3 and 1 up till this point so hard to really argue with that Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Next, Michael Porter. Can he continue to progress? Can he mitigate his weaknesses? Uh, Porter was an interesting player tonight. I thought he started off really well, especially in that first and second quarter. He was a guy that really slowed down in the third and fourth quarter, and it came out in the postgame that he was dealing with a little bit of a, a tweak in his back. and. I don't know how seriously or not seriously to take this. He's been pretty back pain-free and tweak-free and and injury-free from his back, and it's a bad sign for the Nuggets if that's something that kind of crops up here. I would be very concerned for the Nuggets if that turned out to be something a little bit more serious, but It's hard to predict whether it's going to be serious or not. Um, Overall, 15 points for him, 6 of 13 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3. Thought he missed a couple open looks, especially in that second half. If he hits those, maybe it's a different game, but I don't know. Can he mitigate his weaknesses, though? He was picked apart defensively tonight. There were a lot of bad possessions from Michael Porter defensively. Lots of stuff where he didn't grab rebounds, where he had an opportunity to get into passing lanes and, and didn't necessarily do a good job. Uh, he played off of Chris Paul too much in one particular iso. Uh, he fouled Devin Booker on a three-point shot that turned into a four-point play. And then I don't think that he did a good job of navigating screens and off-ball actions when guarding Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, guys like that. So, it's going to be interesting to see whether he can continue to grow here. 15 points, seven rebounds, two assists. It's fine. It's just not good enough. So, hopefully, the back heals. Hopefully, he's ready to go next game. Next, what will the others shoot on spot up threes? I talked about the non Jokic, non Porter Nuggets. In the Blazers series, they shot 39.9% from three, basically 40% in the series against Portland. Tonight, Denver shot 35%, and if you take away Jokic and Porter, who shot 5 of 13, that means that Denver shot 9 of 27 uh, outside of those guys, so 33% on the night from the others. That's not good enough. Monte Morris shot very poorly. Austin Rivers didn't have a good night. Aaron Gordon goes 0 of 3, as opposed to the 60% that he was shooting before. Nobody ever thought he would continue shooting 60%, but uh, Monte Morris can't go over. Uh, Austin Rivers, he's got to be, like, they just need him to be more of a threat. So we're going to see. We're going to see if they can progress beyond that. Um, Denver needs firepower in this in these series. Next, can the Nuggets without Jokic score efficiently enough to stay attached? I actually think that they did a pretty decent job. In those minutes, uh, it was tough. Like in that fourth quarter, uh, it certainly felt like Phoenix just had all the momentum. They were doing everything. Chris Paul was hitting all of his shots. Uh, the bench with him was hitting all of their shots as well. I thought that Paul Millsap, Michael Green, uh, even Marcus Howard, uh, got involved in a good way. Michael Porter as well in that second quarter. So I don't know what we're going to see from Denver going forward with that group, but I thought in the second quarter they were good and they stayed attached. In the fourth quarter, they were not. wonder if that was just a momentum thing or not. It is what it is. Like It's just kind of hard to read with some of the things that happened tonight. It's just such a tidal wave, a torrential downpour of threes, and Denver couldn't throw a pee in the ocean for a while. So it happens to the best of us. We'll see if Denver can recover. And then the can the Nuggets simply make shots? Uh, they couldn't. They did early, but that really tailed off. And it you can go by quarter here. 28 points in the first, 30 points in the second, 21 points in the third, 26 points in the fourth. Phoenix scored 122. I think the winner of these games is going to have to be at around 115-120 pretty much every time. Uh, Denver, they can't go cold. They're going to have to continue to score because I just don't think the defense is going to hold up to that degree, and we'll see if it can. But right now, Denver just doesn't have great personnel to stop what the Suns are doing, and we will talk about that on the other side. Uh, it's tough. Hard to, like, I think I think a lot of the stuff that Jokic did was pretty, pretty ugly in this first game. It looked like he was feeling out the situation, not trying to be super aggressive, not trying to get into the paint, draw fouls, things like that. Uh, like he was trying, like he was a boxer in the first round of the of the of the fight. And maybe this works out for Denver. Maybe they're fine. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe they win game two, and you accomplish what you wanted to accomplish. This series could absolutely be closer uh, than than the final score indicates. I think because. The Suns just kind of blitzed Denver with one run. The rest of the time, they did really well. But it was the one run that really killed Denver. The problem is that the Nuggets just don't have the margin of error because of their offense. And now that Phoenix is actually a good defensive team, I still think that Denver can score against them. They got the shots that they wanted to get, for the most part, when they didn't settle. Uh, And they often didn't settle. Like in the first half, I thought they did a really nice job of generating what they needed to. But we're going to see what happens. We're going to see how they handle it and if they can handle it. Because if not, then I have concerns about how long this series is actually going to go. But for now, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the defensive side of the ball. But first, this podcast, as you know, it is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. They are my favorite sports book. They are America's top-rated sports book. I cashed a bet tonight that sort of saved myself. I've been on a little bit of a cold streak here, but mostly my doing. I have a little bit too much faith in in some of these teams, and in the Nuggets especially tonight that I thought that they were going to win. But it is what it is. Look, DraftKings—they put you courtside. They do a great job giving you a chance to turn one dollar into hundred dollars in site credits. They're still running this promotion. They know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to take care of their new customers. And if you're a new customer, you can pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1 on them, and if that team wins, you get $100 in site credits. If you if you picked the Brooklyn Nets tonight, who won by about 40, that was probably a good idea. The Brooklyn Nets are pretty good. I would, I would put my money on them right now. Don't forget, though, DraftKings, they're offering great odds on baseball hockey, uh, golf, whatever you want really, any sport that you're really interested in. They're also safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience, no questions asked. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. That's right, $100 in free credits. All you have to do, bet on the basketball team of your choice to win and if they do so, you'll get $100 in free credits. That's promo code MHS for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. back here pickaxe and roll ryan blackburn thank you so much for tuning in if you can please leave a positive rating review subscribe on apple podcasts uh, i'm almost at 100 reviews almost at a uh, at 100 uh, ratings on apple podcasts and once i get to that i will give the next person after that to review the podcast i'll try to get into contact with them and, and send them something special if i can. thank you so much you guys are awesome Here are the battlegrounds that I had for where the Suns, when they have the ball, when the Nuggets are playing defense, when they're trying to stop the the Suns from scoring. I had on my first line, is Chris Paul an actual perimeter shooting threat or not? And I think he answered the question emphatically tonight. Yes. 21 points, 8 of 14 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3-point range. One of those was wide open. One of those was against Paul Millsap, where he he had a sidestep three and was just perfectly fine getting that shot off, even though he has that injured shoulder. Uh, Didn't really look that injured tonight, if I'm going to be honest with you. He was elite, and the reason why this is a problem for Denver, they already have enough problems uh, contending with Devin Booker. Booker had a really great game as well, uh, though he struggled at the beginning. He finished with 21 points on just 12 shots. 8 of 12 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, 4 of 5 from the line, 8 assists, 5 turnovers. The Suns did a really great job of breaking down Denver's pick-and-roll scheme, and I thought that this was a major question. I thought, okay, how does Devin Booker handle Denver's pick-and-roll coverage? They started out guarding Austin Rivers on him at the beginning of this game, but they mixed in Aaron Gordon pretty frequently. They wanted to give him different looks. They wanted to put some size on him, try to cut off some of those passing lanes, because those are the most important. Uh, It's really difficult that if you're going to play two on ball, you want to prevent the passes from getting through. You want to make them high looping passes, off target passes, uh, maybe passes that are deflected. That way, your defense can recover, maybe even generate a steal. Denver, they did some of that tonight. Turned Devin Booker over five times, but they only had uh, the Suns only had ten total turnovers. The Suns, they I thought they handled that coverage really well, and one of the things that they did really well with that was they moved the ball around and just found the free option. And a lot of times, it was somebody different. You had all of the Suns starters; all of them had ten, uh, in between twelve and fourteen shot attempts. 12 for each of Booker and Bridges, 13 for each of Aiton and Crowder, and 14 for Chris Paul. All of them were efficient, uh, except Jay Crowder, though he hit three threes because he attempted nine of them. Um, and he also had an and one on a three. Denver, they are scared of this sun starting unit. This unit is really good. They play well together. They understand how to move the ball and they've leveraged Denver's defense in such a way that they have to pick and choose what to give up. Are they going to give up shots at the rim against DeAndre Ayton? Are they going to give up shots in the corners with Bridges and Crowder? Are they going to give up open jumpers for Chris Paul, Devin Booker? Denver's being put into a bind right now because they can't stop the ball. And when they do try to stop the ball, the ball is finding other options. It's getting through. Denver's going to have a really tough time stopping the Suns. They're going to have to hope for some misses, hope for some uh, bad shooting nights. But I think it's it's pretty evident here that the Suns shot 54% from the field, 38% from three, and 85% from the line. And that's not like so wildly out of proportion against a team like the Nuggets. The Nuggets aren't a great defensive team. They don't have great personnel. You're never going to have elite personnel with Jokic there, but he—I thought he did reasonably well. I thought he generated some steals. Uh, he had two steals, three blocks, and I don't think that Jokic was the issue. I Thought that the issue was the back line, uh, Gordon at times, but mostly Michael Porter. I thought Michael Porter did a really poor job with that uh, with that unit. I thought that Jamichael Green really struggled. He looked pretty bad uh, in terms of covering the back line when he was with the starters. So it's going to be interesting to see how Denver can handle this, uh, what they really look to give up going forward. Uh, that's That's a big question mark because one of my next questions was, how can the Nuggets take away the corner three? And by my count, it looks like one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe seven of the Phoenix threes were corner threes seven of them out of 13 that they made. So they're doing a good job of spacing the floor. They do it in a different way from the Blazers. The Blazers wanted to do it above the break. The Suns want to work it into the corners. They want to find the easy spots where they can get the open shots. And that was where they found it. The Nuggets gave up that corner a lot. And there were times where they closed out pretty well. And the Suns still hit it. So it's going to be tough. The Nuggets are just going to have to be Really, really good going forward. My next question Which version of of Jay Crowder were the Nuggets going to see? And as it turns out, they got the one that's just jacking it up from three. 14 points on 13 shots, three of nine from three, like I talked about, hit that and one, uh, that four point play. This is a fine version of Jay Crowder. Uh, 14 points on 13 shots individually, like you'll take that. It is what it is. Like, you, you'd you rather him miss more, but in the grand scheme of things, Denver, they let all of the other Sun starters shoot 50% from three, or better, actually better, <laughs> 8 of 12 for Bridges, 9 of 13 for Aiden, 8 of 14 for Paul, 8 of 12 for Booker. That's closer to like 60% in most cases than it is 50. Denver's going to have a lot of problems on their hands. Next, will campaign be the short guard that generally kills Denver campaign had some good moments tonight. He was three of eight, one of three from three, three assists, one steal, one block, uh, only had seven points. So he just certainly didn't kill anybody in in 20 minutes, having seven points and three assists. That's pretty standard. Uh, so I mean, he's not the issue. The issue is how Denver handles the starters. They've got to get eight and out of there because Darius Arch only played nine minutes. I think that if he has to play against Jokic a little bit more, things are a little bit different. But they didn't really have to do that. They didn't have to play Frank Kaminski tonight. They were able to play a rotation that made sense against the Nuggets. The Nuggets have to get them into foul trouble so that they have to compromise that. That was my biggest note with the Blazers, is that once you got beyond a certain point, once you force them into doing something that they're uncomfortable doing, then things could change. I still feel that way with the Suns, although it's going to be harder. They've got so many other threats. It's not just Lillard. It's like everybody. Uh, but it really just kind of stood out here. Last one, will DeAndre Ayton get Nikola Jokic into foul trouble? So kind of the reverse of what we started with. Uh, Jokic had two fouls. So that really wasn't a question. I don't think that it's going to be much of a question. Jokic just wasn't, like, he wasn't super physical. So I don't think he's going to be kind of liable to get foul calls against him that much. He took a couple intentional fouls, or at least one of them was intentional. So he wasn't in foul trouble at all. That's not something I would be too super concerned about if I were a Nuggets fan. Just be concerned about everything else. Yay! <laughs> Okay. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about that concern level uh, for the Nuggets after game one dropping, going down 1-0. We'll be right back. All right, back here, pickaxe and roll, final segment. Let's talk about the concern level that Nuggets fans should have. So here's what's probably not going to happen again. Now, I've talked about this. I, I think I did something similar to this in game one of the Blazer series, and some of it was true. Uh, I thought that the Blazers would be in a, in a tough situation from a shooting perspective, and they didn't shoot that way for the entire series, and that's one of the reasons Denver won. Uh, but there were some things that I was wrong about. So take this with a grain of salt. I may not be right about this, uh, but I think my perspective is generally good here. I don't think that Monte Morris is going to go one of 10 from the field again. He was a minus 28 in 23 minutes, scored two points, did have six assists, zero turnovers. But clearly when he was out there Uh, The team just wasn't really responding to it. I don't know if it was necessarily all his fault, but if he hits some shots, that certainly turns around. If he goes 5 of 10 and 2 of 4 from 3, rather than just what he did, uh, then you've got 10 points, 12 points, and you've got him at minus 16, and the Nuggets would be at 117 and the Suns at 122. So you can cut into the margin that way by Morris just playing better. Uh I don't think the Nuggets are gonna shoot six free throws again. That was one thing that really stood out. I thought the Phoenix Suns got a pretty nice home whistle in this series. Whether or not they should, I, I don't have a really strong perspective on that. I actually think that if you have home court advantage, you should get a benefit to that. And if that's in terms of the refing, then so what? Uh but Denver really like it was it was 20 free throws to six. And Despite the fact that Denver shot 35% from three, not far off from the 38%, despite the fact that Denver shot 46.7% from the field, it was far off from the 54% that the Suns shot, but I thought that the Nuggets could, like with Monte Morris and with Nikola Jokic to an extent here, they can be more efficient. They can definitely shoot better. They aren't going to shoot this bad all the time. At least Jokic... There's no reason to think that Jokic will have a repeat performance of this. And if he does, then they'll lose. That's fine. It was kind of like that for game one of the Blazer series and then game four once again. So it can happen. And it it wouldn't surprise me if it did. But just know that like, I don't see it super often. And I I see more often than not Jokic is going to look like the MVP. He didn't look like that tonight. He was like, the third or fourth best player on the floor and the three of the four played for the suns so is what it is i think that you're going to get some better shooting from denver you're going to get more free throws from denver i don't think like i, I don't think all of the suns are going to shoot well at the same time going forward there're going to be times where they shoot like and aiton doesn't hit the mid-range shots that he was hitting Or Bridges doesn't hit all of the threes that he hit from the corners, or Chris Paul doesn't hit two of three threes, like he still has a hurt shoulder, or at least that's what he says, Uh, and and I think it's true. If he is still in that position and he's still shooting two of three from three every game, then Denver's going to be in trouble. But they're just going to have to live with it at that point. So we're going to see what they can do. Um, I do think that what's here to stay, though is that the Suns are going to continue to navigate Denver's pick-and-roll schemes. The Nuggets, like, they have a lot of things that they can throw at the Suns, but they don't have a lot of personnel, which means it actually limits what they can do. So, if they got back Will Barton, if they got back P.J. Dozier, I think they'd be able to go small a little bit more, play Gordon at the four, take off MPJ, and you go with three guards that you trust, like Morris, Rivers, and Dozier, Morris, Rivers, Barton. And you feel okay with that. You can switch all of those players. Like, what are they going to do? Post up Jay Crowder? They're going to be, like, Denver would be fine in that situation. And then you've got another creator that can still, like, do some stuff with Barton on the floor. But whether that actually changes and whether that actually happens, I think that's a fair question. Like, I don't know what to think about with Will Barton's status. Like, we keep being told that he's around the corner or he's getting closer or There's not really an update, and it's kind of very myopic, and I'm not a big fan of that. I'd rather just know, but Denver's trying to play coy a lot of the time. My guess, if I had to wager on something, was that he'd be back sooner rather than later, because I think that Denver thought that they could beat the Blazers, so they wanted to give Barton all the time that he could get. If he wasn't going to be 100%, then that's fine. If he's not going to be 100% against the, against the Suns, I think the Nuggets would probably settle for 95%, 90% in a lot of those cases. He'll give Denver some optionality, give them an, like just a different thing that they can go to. So that when they need more spacing, when they need more switching, then they could do that. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. I don't really have that many notes from this. Look, Denver got blitzed. They had a really big run against them in that late in the mid third all the way through like the the middle of the fourth quarter. It felt like the Suns were on a prolonged run for a long time. It did start with that firecracker of a of a start in the mid third. But they were playing pretty well throughout. The Nuggets weren't. The Nuggets will play better. And I was asked this by Sean Drotar, uh, whether to overreact, whether in this situation, what the Nuggets should change. And one thing I told him about Michael Malone, and it it might be one of the reasons why the Nuggets lose game ones more often than not, but they often win game two if they lose game one. They've never gone down 2-0 in a series. And the reason is because they'll make the changes that they think they need to make. But most of the time, they're going to stick with the game plan. They're going to make sure that it's not the, the game plan that's the issue. Like, and I think that having that trust in the game plan and being able to execute it, I think that's a valiant thing. You don't want to panic the minute that something goes wrong. Why do you think the Nuggets are so resilient? If they change the game plan like immediately, then that would be a problem. It would, it would tell everybody that you don't have the confidence. you're going to have to make some changes. You're going to have to make some alterations. And I think the players would understand that too. They look at the film and if they see something, I'm sure then they're probably okay with Denver making a a change here or there. But more than anything, I want to see Nikola Jokic play better. I want to see Monte Morris play better. I want to see Austin Rivers play better. And I want to see where that gets them. If it gets them to the same place, then okay, might be in trouble. But Denver can still win in Phoenix, with this similar game plan, their offense just needs to be better, and they need to have more hustle and more rebounding intensity and get into the passing lanes a little bit more on the defensive end. They can do those things without drastically changing things. There are some things that the Suns will do that will leverage Denver, and if that's the case, they'll make some changes going forward, and they might even make them for Wednesday but I still think that Denver's okay. They'll be fine. Uh, I still like the Nuggets. I had Nuggets in six. I would probably amend it to Nuggets in seven at this point, Uh, just because, like, look, I can see that the Suns are a really good team. I'm not crazy, but I do think that the Nuggets match up with them in good ways, where if Jokic can learn how to play against Dayton, which he should be able to, there's no reason why he can't. If he can make those shots at a high level, And Denver's cooking with gas here. Like if he went 15 of 23 tonight, instead of 10 of 23, that looks a little bit different. Denver's competing there all the way until the end. So we'll see. We'll see what it looks like going forward. I expect Nikola Jokic to bounce back. I expect the Nuggets as a team to bounce back. I thought they would win game one, but I don't think they were ready. They're going to get ready though. Michael Green said they needed a wake-up call, and they got it. So we're going to see if he's good for his word. We're going to see if the Nuggets can bounce back and be the resilient team that we think they are. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support. Make sure to check out denverstiffs.com. I have my five takeaways up there. And make sure to check out the Sun Solar panel. I was on their podcast with... Greg Esposito, Dave King. Uh, they're over there uh, at Sun Solar Panel on Twitter. So make sure to check that out. Uh, for everybody else, thank you so much. Really appreciate all of it. I'll talk to you guys very soon.